Hey, Retrospectors, for our third birthday, we've filmed an hour-long Q&A answering your questions. We discuss our favourite facts, how we make the show, and what we've learned along the way. If you're already supporting us on Patreon, thank you. You can watch it right now at patreon.com slash retrospectors. And if you're not a Patreon member, sign up. You don't have to pay a thing to become a free member and watch it now. So check it out. It's free. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. It's June 30th, 1937. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. The phone number 911 will be pretty familiar to most of us. Triple zero, well known to Australians, and triple one to New Zealanders. But all of these numbers owe a great debt to 999, the first ever emergency number that made its debut in England on this day in 1937 to, it must be said, a good deal of scepticism. Yes, derision, open laughter in the House of Commons. Uh, So Sidney Herbert, the Conservative MP for Westminster Abbassey, was reported to say with laughter, how does a lady with a burglar in the house remember to dial 999? Why not have some button on the telephone to be pressed? To which there was laughter and (laughs) cheers from the benches. They didn't see a problem with the system that was then in place, which was that you rang the telephone operator as normal and asked to be connected to the service you wanted. If you're used to that system, you're thinking, oh, well, now I manually have to type in these numbers to be connected. That seems more difficult. But it shows that the establishment represented by the Conservative Party were so out of touch with how this technology might progress and affect ordinary people that they saw this from their own perspective of, you know, in their dinner jacket, picking up the receiver or probably asking one of their staff to do it. Yeah. Butler, chef has set fire to the kitchen again. Please get it put out. (laughs) And didn't realise that the simple maths of, as the telephone exchange has more and more subscribers... More and more people picking up the phone. There are only so many ladies at the other end who say, hello, how can I connect you? It was only working like that because only rich people could afford phones. But that (laughs) wasn't how it was going to be. And the overburdening of the telephone exchange became a topic of popular discussion after a house fire in London in 1935 took place at a doctor's house and five women died. They were the wife, the niece and three female servants of the doctor. And it was revealed afterwards that a neighbour had tried to call the fire brigade via the operator, but they had been on hold for 15 minutes and nobody had picked up. And eventually what happened is a passing milkman made it to a fire alarm box. I think we're familiar with the police boxes that used to be a, a fixture all around the country from obviously from Doctor Who. But there were also fire alarm boxes where you could go, as it sounds, to connect directly to the fire service. But by the time the firemen did arrive, it was too late to save them. And this became a bit of a public scandal. And it was quite clear that something needed to happen to make sure that emergency calls were able to get a priority. And again, you feel the establishment both being behind the change and resisting the change. So this neighbour across the road who had seen the fire and tried to call... Um, the operator and had to wait so long he wrote to the Times and it was through, because he was a doctor too because this is Wimpole Street just off Harley Street so it was a posh doctor's house that was engulfed in flames it was a posh doctor that saw it happen so because you had these doctors writing to the Times about it, suddenly there had to be a reaction from the parliamentarians to this and realising that the system was a little bit antiquated and needed updating but equally you had a, a sort of attempt to suppress it this is from the Spectator that year, quote the suggestion that smarter work at the well-being telephone exchange might have brought the fire engine sooner seems quite unfounded well it clearly wasn't i mean the house burnt down 
yeah. but there was obviously an attempt to say no no everything's fine <laughs> as it is yeah and i think that that simple motivation of the fact that time is genuinely of the essence in emergency situations meant that gradually there was this growing realization that the technology wasn't fit for purpose because people didn't have time to run to their local street corner necessarily and pick up the telegraph system that was there and find their way to a police box and call the police so instead they needed a system from which they could get through to an operator the same way that they did previously by dialing zero but with a new sense of imperative and that's what 999 allowed for it meant that when the call came through to the switchboard it came through with this particularly annoying and loud klaxon that was apparently so aggressive <laughs> that some of the uh you know, this is the coverage from the time. So the newspapers pointed out the women who were working in these facilities would be so overcome by the noise that they'd faint. And so I think eventually they had to slightly tone down the, the sort of aggression of the klaxon. But even so, it was an important innovation just to get that call through in a way that people would know was an emergency. And also those staff were specifically trained to deal with emergencies as well. There's a particular way, you know, right. as now where a 999 operator op answers the phone quickly and establishes who you are, where you are, and tries to get someone out to you as soon as possible, which a general service operator, who's also doing, you know, reverse charge calls and giving you the time of day and telling you phone numbers back then, is not equipped to do necessarily. No. No. And as for why 999 specifically was chosen as the number, one thing was that it was easy to dial quickly on a rotary dial. It was the second to last digit, and the last digit was zero, which was already in use for contacting the operator. So the theory was if you're in conditions, say, a house fire, or a dark house that had an intruder inside, you could put your finger in the zero to know that you weren't hitting that and then you would just fling your finger around to the next number on the dial. And also it was easy to turn into a free-to-use button on a public payphone because it was next to zero, which obviously was already free to reach the operator before you'd put any money in. So it was easier to convert public phone boxes as well. And the reason why they didn't choose 111, which intuitively seems like it would have been the best because it's the shortest to dial, is because this was the days of pulse dialing and it was very easy for one to be transmitted to the exchange by accident, either by two reasons, uninsulated overhead wires tapping together against the wind or by people fumbling the switch hook when they lifted the handset of the phone. And so the signal 111 could accidentally often be sent through in a way that they knew they had to avoid. But the London Evening News was not concerned with accidental misdials. They were concerned with wasting emergency services time, obviously still a concern to this day. And the warning that they addressed to citizens today as a new service launched is just as relevant now as it ever was. They wrote, only dial 999 if the matter is urgent. If, for instance, the man in the flat next to yours is murdering his wife. Or you have seen a heavily masked cat burglar peering around the stack pipe of the local bank building. In a striped shirt <laughs> with, a, with a sack over his shoulder with, with a, a dollar bag. sign on it. Yeah. If the matter is less urgent, if you have merely lost little Towser or a lorry has come to rest in your front garden, just call up the local police. I feel like this is still a battle that they are fighting today. Yeah, but isn't it interesting the tone of that? Because it's deliberately informal, that, isn't it? Like, mm. that's that's it's funny because actually it is intentionally funny, that example. But they're using humour in a way that police correspondence with the public never had before. Mm. And I think that's because this invention fundamentally changed the relationship between the public and the police. They've become a service. Mm. You call them and they come to help you. It was a different relationship and a breakdown of some of those formalities. Well, that's really highlighted by the fact that the first call led to an arrest. It was from John Stanley Beard of Ellsworthy Road in Hampstead. Well, it was from his wife. 
who hilariously is referred to only as Mrs. John Stanley Beard. (laughs) (laughs) Although he was a famous architect. Yeah, so he heard a noise outside his house at 4.20am and when he looked outside, he saw someone who was running away who had been trying to break into his house. He ran after him and, you're right, Mrs. uh, John Stanley Beard called 999. And shortly afterwards, patrol cars came and arrested the man near Primrose Hill. But going to your point, Ollie, Beard's quote about the service is quite funny. He said, my wife made use of the new signal which we were instructed to use yesterday on the telephone and as a result of using that signal almost instantaneous connection was made to the police station in less than five minutes and the man was arrested which is impressive but then he goes on it struck me as a householder and a <laughs> large taxpayer humble brag <laughs> that we were getting something yeah. for our money and i was very much impressed so immediately people were like oh yeah there's a new service we're all paying for it as taxpayers but it's worth the cash that is going into yeah it. but the people who are actually using it it. I mean, it's a perfect example. Wealthy architect who lives in Hampstead. So, you right. know, it hadn't changed <laughs> yeah. that much from the days of picking up and asking for the operator, had it? It was still going to be a few decades before everyone had phones in their homes and was using this. Right. Yeah, and I'm slightly suspicious because so this service only launched, by the way, within a, you had to be within a 12-mile radius of Oxford Circus. This was a London-only service initially. So in week one, they had, according to the Times, 1,336 calls to 999, of which 1,073 were genuine, 171 were misuses or pranks, and 92 they refer to as curiosity calls. So obviously, just just people who wanted to see if it was really working or what would happen. Hello. Is that a policeman? I do feel, though, like this first case with the beards, you know, it's a real crime, a real intruder. The police picked him up in five minutes, and Mr. Beard obligingly said in court how great the new service was. I do feel like... Was he really number yeah. one of those 1,336 He's the poster schools? boy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, regardless, by 1938, it had started up in Glasgow. And then you have a bit of a pause while the Second World War happens. And then after that, 999 spreads pretty quickly to Belfast, Birmingham, Bristol, Edinburgh all around the country basically and even though 999 seems like an institution now it didn't actually offer nationwide coverage until 1976 which seems quite late and actually in the states although the first 911 call was made in 1968 it was a test call from the mayor's office of Haleyville Alabama the spread was much slower obviously America being much larger and more sparsely populated and even now only 96% of the country is on the system yeah it's amazing the first proper 911 call was made in 1974 which seems incredibly recent Though I did find someone hilariously on Reddit asking if 911 was chosen because of September 11. And that made me feel so old that I can remember an event that they regard as such ancient history that they don't know whether it came before 911. Tomorrow. He lost his eye in a hunting accident and replaced it with a glass one that he took from a stuffed albatross. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.